my topic is on woman power. Woman power. This is it. Hallelujah. The restoration of the woman to her full potential. Now, there are some people, the moment they see woman power, they are like, ha. Yande, they want the women to be on top of the men. They want the women to be superior to the men. Is the men, uh, are the women going to take the headship? No, no, no. It is not about that at all. It is about the fact that God has endowed the woman so much with so much giftings and abilities. And not just the woman alone, but I believe that the men also have been endowed with so much giftings and abilities that woman power is the restoration of us to our full potential, to the place where God wants us to be. And when I checked the meaning of potential, I was blown away. It means untapped resources. All that you can be, which you are not. And all that you can do, which you have not yet done. That is potential. And so the restoration of the woman to her full potential is that God is bringing us to the place to be all that he's created us to be and all that he has created us to do. So that by the time we are leaving this earth, we can say that indeed it is good that we were here. Hallelujah. Because we have changed our families. We have changed our societies and we have changed our nation. Hallelujah. We are not all that we are supposed to be. There is so much that God has given to us, but many times we find out that we are not able to do what he has called us to do. There is so much potential in our lives. And I believe that as we, as you go through this book and as you read, there are many things that I wrote in this book. And I will go through it very quickly. Because of the fact that God wants us to exhibit our full potential, if we begin to understand in chapter 3 or chapter 2, the power of the woman, chapter 3, understanding your origin, the fact that you know who you are and whose you are. If you understand your omissions, the things that you don't have, the things that you are not, and even the mistakes and the disappointments that you have in life, if you understand your oracles, what God has said about you, God told Jeremiah, I have called you as a prophet. Don't say you are a child. He told Moses, you will, you will go before Pharaoh and you will deliver my people. If you understand God's oracles or what God has said about you, if you understand your operations and the way, the method in which God uses you or the way in which you work, if you understand your opportunities that God brings your way, the various things that God orchestrates just to help to build you up and to exhibit your potential. If you understand your organization and the way the system surrounds you, in your family, in your workplace, in your ministry is, then I believe that you are on the way to a new discovery. The world is about to see the biggest wonder in the world and that will be you. Hallelujah. And so that is woman power. When we understand all these things, I believe that we will come to the place where we will be restored to our full potential. Hallelujah. When we talk about operations, we are talking about the method in which you do things. You are talking about the method that is used 
to produce a desired result. Every one of us has his or her own mode of operation. For instance, we are all ushers in this house. There is a way our sister Jessica will usher, which will be different from um, the way our sister um, Regina will usher. Both of them are ushers. They are wearing the same uniform. But when you come across both of them, one may decide to give you a smile, and the smile alone is enough to be able to move you, you know, to encourage you to come and sit down. Another one may not give you a smile, but the handshake alone tells you that I am in the right place. So for every one of us, there is a way that God uses us to achieve a desired result. And that is what I call operations. And so if all of us are able to understand the way God operates with us and the way God deals with us, I believe that things will be fine. Hallelujah. God in his wisdom has made each and every one of us different. Each and every one of us unique. And he does that to fulfill his purpose in our lives. Uh, Daddy was asking us, to, you know, was asking us questions. And um, while the answers were coming, the Lord began to explain some things to me. Now look at the way every one of them is answering these questions. And some were very fast, some too were slow, some were funny, some were very serious, but all of them were church workers and they were all in this house, or they still are in this house. And he said that they are like in the Noah's Ark. There were all kinds of animals in Noah's Ark. There was the tortoise, that is very slow. There was the hare, that is very fast. You can imagine the lion or the leopard, and an antelope, all of them being there. And I'm sure any time the lion spies the antelope, he'll be like, you wait and see, until we, we are out of this place. But they were all in the ark. There are some of us, there are some things we cannot just do. We can't do it. Just stay in your lane. Hallelujah. And so, they were all in the ark. Number two, their individual characteristics did not change. The leopard did not change its spots. The dove was still white, but all of them were there, but they did not devour one another. They did not devour one another. They stayed in the ark in peace. Hallelujah. The ark was being driven by God. And so until they landed on Mount Ararat, no, none of them, whether they were very fast, whether they were slow, Whatever they were, they did not have the power to change the purpose. Church, I believe the Fountain Gate Chapel, we are like, in, we are in Noah's Ark. The purpose has been given. We are to preach the gospel to the poor. We are to heal the brokenhearted. We are to preach deliverance to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty those that are bruised and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. That is our purpose. That is the direction for us this year. Some of us are slow. Some of us are fast. Some of us are jumping. Some of us are flying. But whatever it is, we are all fulfilling this purpose in the act. Some of us are bringing in 10 souls. Somebody has brought just one. But whatever it is, we are all in the act. And the purpose of God will definitely be fulfilled. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
And so the different modes of operations are there. And they all stem from various things. For instance, the reason why I will behave the way I do may be because of my background. It may be because of my abilities. It may be also because of my temperamental disposition. It may also be because of maybe educational uh, status. Somebody else may behave differently because of what they also have. And so for every one of us, we behave and we do things in a different way. For some people, because of the experiences that they've gone through in life, they will behave in a certain way. And every one of us, God still uses us for his glory. Hallelujah. It explains the reason why sometimes you are excited. Somebody also comes to church and says, clap your hands. And they're like, hey, if you want to clap, clap. Me, I won't clap. It explains the, why, the reason why some will sit down, they've crossed their legs. Others too are jumping all over the place. And we are all inside the ark. Are, are you getting me? At the end of the day, ladies and gentlemen, the purposes of God must be fulfilled. And it is being fulfilled. Hallelujah. Amen. And so knowing your uniqueness and the way you operate is very important. To be able to have a fulfilled life. You can never be another person. You can never be another person. Are you getting me? You can never be another person. All of us are striving to be like Reverend Eastwood. But ladies and gentlemen, we can never be as tall as he is physically. We can never be as tall as he is physically. That one is set. No matter how much I stand on high heels, I can never reach his height. But what I know is that the principles that he abides by, which has brought him to that level, you know, that social standing, that spiritual height. If I can abide by those same principles, I can also attain unto that height. Are you getting what I'm saying? And so everybody has his or her own way of operating. Hallelujah. We have our own way of operating. Everybody is different. Different and unique. And that is what brings out the beauty of our God. It brings out the, the, the unsearchable creativity and the wisdom of our God. Psalm 139, verse 14. Psalm 139. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and my soul knoweth right well. Now, I try to check this thing from the... Strong's exhaustive concordance, and I was amazed at what I, I saw. The word fearfully there has to do with causing astonishment. Causing astonishment. It says you are a person that causes astonishment. It means that anywhere you are, you make people open their mouth. You make people say, wow. What a lady, what a gentleman, what wisdom. You cause astonishment and awe, flabbergasted, mind-boggling. That is how you are. Now, as I am speaking, begin to imagine and think about yourself. When you pass by a place, do people say, wow? Do people say that? Or they just say, oh, <laughs> it's one of the ladies who just passed by. The one who always passes here with the black rubber. Just begin to think about it. Fearfully and wonderfully made. Now, the fearfully there, I said it means causing astonishment. 
causing all. And then it says that it also causes or it inspires reverence and godly fear. That means that when you finish speaking, it should inspire reverence and godly fear. You know, when Jesus spoke to the, to the people, they were like, wow, how come, how, how does he know all these things? Seeing he, he knows no letters. What kind of man is this? He, he caused reverence and godly fear. And the Bible says that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. So it means that that is the status that we are supposed to have. That is where God has assigned us to be. By the time God put his image on us, what he was saying was that it is finished. I know the functions that this can do. I know the many things, the potential that is in this. And yet, we limit ourselves to text messages. That is the way we have lived our lives. And I pray that the Lord will bring us to the place where we will be restored to our full potential. To make use of every potential that is in the phone that you are using. Every potential that is in the gadget that you are operating with. Are you getting what I'm saying? That is where God has placed us. So you see, by the time God said we are fearfully and wonderfully made, he has already finished with us. He said, this my child, you must cause astonishment. This child of mine, you must cause awe. This child of mine, you must stir up and inspire godly fear. When you open your mouth and you speak, you must inspire godly fear. When people speak to you, they must know that this person is not with us. He lives on another realm. Are you getting me? They must not count us to be one of the people who just speak by heart. That is not you. You are fearfully made. And then it says that you are wonderfully made. Wonderfully made. Now, wonderfully made here has to do with the fact that you are distinct, separated, set apart, unique. There is no one like you. Araba, there is no one like you. No one who does her hair the way you do. Somebody may resemble you, but the person can never be you because the person hasn't got your combination of qualities, the combination of your potential, your abilities, your talents, even the things you like and the things you don't like, your experiences in life and your background. The person may look like you, but the person can never be you. There is only one you. And that is why when you don't come to the place, I mean, it's not so you, all of us, I have been thinking the whole week. That is why when we don't come to the place where we are restored to our full potential, then we deny the world, we deny our generation the benefits and, and, and you know, all the good things that God wanted us to leave as a legacy for the next generation. It says, you are wonderfully made. That means that you are marked out. The Bible says, arise and shine for your light is come and the glory of the Lord is raising upon you. The uh, Bible says again that the, once there's gross darkness on the earth, darkness all over the place, the Lord will arise upon you and his glory shall be seen upon you. You are distinct. You are marked out. You are distinguished, separate. No one like you. Hallelujah. No one like you. You are different. Ladies, you are marked out for excellence. You are distinct. 
You are marked out for God's glory. That is why you cannot compare yourself with any other person. I know that sometimes when we are waiting and believing God for, for, for marriage and it's not coming, it can be very frustrating. But at the same time, you cannot rush and go for anybody because you are marked out for excellence. You are supposed to inspire godly fear and cause astonishment. If you just go for anybody at all, then you are not going to qualify for that thing that God has for you. These days, I hear the ladies, when you realize that the time is passing you by, like the Bible we say, the flower of her, her age, you know, is passing by, you go to rent a man. Yeah. Some time ago, it was ladies who were for sale. Now, men are for rent. You look at Ephesians chapter 2, the verse 10. The Bible says that for we are his workmanship. Workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God ordained before the foundations of the earth. And then I looked at again at the word workmanship there. And it said you are God's masterpiece. You are God's masterpiece. Maybe by the time you were coming to church, somebody saw you and said, oh, oh, go away, oh, you lazy person. That is not you. That is the person's opinion. But that is not God's opinion about you. That is not heaven's opinion about you. Who will believe the report of the Lord? We will believe the report of the Lord. Whose report have you believed? Is it the report of the person who insulted or God's report about you? We are his workmanship. His masterpiece. And I said, let me look for the meaning of masterpiece. It says, a person's greatest piece of work. When we say masterpiece, it is a person's greatest piece of work. Ladies and gentlemen, you are God's greatest piece of work. When it comes to art, and you say, this is a masterpiece. It means that for all the entire life of the artist, this is the best that the person has done. And I'm telling you, you are the best. You are God's masterpiece. You are God's workmanship. Hallelujah. You are special to God. I want you to know that not even one strand of hair falls to the ground without his notice. He cares so much about you. And I would say that if he cares for the lilies and cares for the sparrows, you are more valuable. Hallelujah. Say, I am valuable. And that is why you cannot allow the enemy to play down on who you are. Let him not put ideas in your head. Hallelujah. We believe the report of the Lord. You are special. You are different. Max Lucado said that you are the only you God made. He cannot create another person like you. Hallelujah. And that is why you must take yourself seriously and know that in fact, you are not a gagra person at all. God has made you special. Hallelujah. And that is why he's placed all the giftings and abilities in you. And as you operate in the, in the way that God wants you to operate, I believe that we will see success. We will see enlargement. We will see breakthroughs in our lives. Hallelujah. And so God, in his wisdom, gives us different ways and modes of operation. I want us to look at two women in the Bible who God used and brought them to the place where they made impact in their, in their generation, even though their operations and the way they were used were different. In the lives of two women with different backgrounds, gave them a home in a foreign land, and then he used them 
to fulfill his purpose. The first one is Ruth, and the second one is Esther. Ruth and Esther. We all know the story of Ruth very well. Ruth was a Moabite woman who lost the husband and went with her mother-in-law into the land of Bethlehem, Judah. When they got into the land of Bethlehem, Judah, later on, she went to work in the field of Boaz, and before long, she got married to Boaz, and then she got settled in the house or in the home of Boaz. The most important part of it was that she was incorporated in the genealogy of the Messiah, that is our Savior, Jesus Christ. So you begin to read the genealogy of Jesus in the book of Matthew, and then you see different people from Adam right through to Rahab the harlot, to Tamar, to Ruth, the Moabite woman, Bathsheba, who was Uriah's uh, wife. So many people, so many imperfections. Now you will say, why will all these people fit in? But God did that so that we would know that he does not look at just our, the good side alone. We are filled with imperfections. And he says, look, come with all your imperfections and I will perfect it. Hallelujah. The Savior came not because we were perfect. He came because we were imperfect. He came to save the sick. He came to save the lost. Hallelujah. And so Ruth was one woman who left everything and went into the land of Bethlehem, Judah. And then we also see another lady called Esther. Esther was the cousin of Mordecai. Mordecai worked in Shushan, um, the palace of the Medo-Persian kingdom. And then at a point, the king wanted a wife. And so they had to go through purification. And then they picked Esther. And Esther became the wife or the queen of the land. And in all of it, we don't see, like in the book, actually in the book of Esther, we don't see the name God there. And yet, God was still working with them behind the scenes. Hallelujah. He worked with them behind the scenes. Now, for every one of them, what I see here is the differences that these women brought to the table. Esther was a young Jewish girl who married a Gentile king. So one was a Gentile lady, married a Jew, and the other one was a Jew who married a Gentile. Again, Ruth was a widow, lost the husband, but Esther was an orphan who had lost both parents. Esther was in exile in Shushan, the palace of the Medo-Persian kingdom. Ruth was a Gentile living among Jews, and Esther was a Jew living amongst Gentiles. So it, they all had different backgrounds, and yet God worked in their lives. Ruth was poor, gleaned in the field of Boaz, but later on she was made the grandmother of the King David. God incorporated her into the ancestry line of the Savior. And then Esther also stayed in the palace, was affluent, but through her, the Jews were saved. Ladies and gentlemen, God worked differently in their lives. Amen. 